gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. That's right, Andrew McLean with you yet again. And excuse the the bags. Woo man, I am looking rough. I I'm I got kind of a Chuck Schumer look going on here. That's bad. That's real bad. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this Tuesday edition. It is uh, August the third, two thousand and twenty-one. A little heads up in case y'all don't know. My birthday's in two days. That's right. The big three six in two days. August 5th. 8585. How about that? You're very easy to remember. Y'all go ahead and put that in your calendar so you don't miss it each and every year. Uh, also, if you uh, watch the, the podcast on a regular basis as we post them, I might be doing 99.5 tomorrow. I guess I am. I got kind of cornered into it, if I'm going to be honest. But that's the way Matt Murphy does. He put me on the spot. You can't say no. You can't. You can't say no. Boy, I mean, y'all know the drill. It gives me the opportunity to promote this podcast, and we need all the, the promotion we can get when it comes down to it. So this podcast almost did not come together tonight because I'm currently working on plumbing in the house, in the shower in particular, and... um. I just had to say, screw it. Let me uh, let me get it. Let me get the show in, and then we'll get back to doing the plumbing. That's why I look the way I do. I look like I'm high, like I'm on the marijuana. Am I on the marijuana? Anyway, today's episode is one that is it's been on my mind a lot, especially most of this year, as we continue to see a certain event happen. A tragic event, an event that none of us want to see because we all support these people. But this is an event that is uh, described as a suicide. That's right. And what I mean by that is a January 6th Capitol Police officer who has committed suicide, the fourth officer to allegedly do so. This man right here that you're looking at is the fourth police officer that was on the scene January 6th at the Capitol that has reportedly killed himself. Again, as we've said time and time again, any loss of life, uh, any loss of life is tragic. It's even more tragic when it's one of our law enforcement officers because they do so much to protect you and I. We support the police. We support these guys that put their lives on the line, that risk not coming home to their family each and every day. It's a big deal. But what is going on? Huh? Four of them have committed suicide at this point? There was something I talked about last week, and it was about uh, coincidence and things happening over and over. That, you know, people say, well, this is the reason that happened. Well, no, it's just a coincidence. It's a coincidence. But it can only happen so many times before it's no longer a coincidence. For instance, since we're talking about death, the people that commit suicide that maybe have some dirt or have crossed the Clintons. Hillary and Bill Clinton. Even my most liberal socialist friends are starting to say, okay, maybe... Maybe there's something to this. Well, when are we going to say there's something to this? Again, I, 
I try to stress that I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like I get backed into a corner where I have no choice but to be a conspiracy theorist. Because everything related to January 6th and law enforcement stinks to high heaven. It really does. And then you throw this in the mix, it only makes it 10 times worse. Two more D.C. police officers who defended the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th insurrection by a pro-Trump mob have died by suicide. This is coming from ABC7 out of D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer Kyle Defraytag was found dead on July 10th, according to a police spokesperson, Officer Gunther Hashida. Hashida? An 18-year veteran is the fourth officer who responded to the Capitol that day who died by suicide. Officer Gunther, assigned to the emergency response team within the Special Operation Division, was found deceased in his residence on Thursday, July 9th, according to a statement that was released yesterday afternoon. U.S. Capitol Police Officer Howard Levengood, a 16-year Capitol Police veteran, also responded to the insurrection, later died by suicide. On January 27th, they announced that D.C. Police Officer Jeffrey Smith, who was a 2nd District officer, had died by suicide. Four guys. Four guys. And you can't help but just assume, and that's this is the way the media is leading you as to why this stuff is happening, is you look back on January 6th and you say, what happened? What exactly happened that would maybe cause some sort of trauma or PTSD that would drive them to that? Because suicide is a very, very serious thing. I actually had a, a conversation with a guy, and this stuff seems to work out perfectly for me. I had a conversation with a guy today that tried to kill himself six days ago. I picked him up from the hospital. He let me know that he's thanking his lucky stars today that he didn't go through with the plan of hanging himself. Because he was going to do it. He let his trauma and his emotion and his stress get to him to the point that he had the plan laid out. And something inside told him, call the hospital See if they can help. One last ditch effort. So it's very serious. I know it. I experienced people going through it today. But when I look at what happened on January 6th, I can't help but think this is not the worst thing any given police officer has seen. Now let's just take a moment if you guys will bear with me, those of you watching on video, and if you're listening on audio, we'll kind of describe this to you. Let's just go back and kind of look at what happened on January 6th. You remember, we all saw the videos. There were videos of police officers just chit-chatting with these protesters inside the, the, the chambers, inside the Capitol. There were police officers physically moving barricades themselves. And some seeming to wave in protesters like, come on, everybody get up here towards the Capitol. 
there were conversations had uh, with with other protesters. Remember the the Chewbacca guy? Police officers talking to him, saying, "Hey, you know, you guys, y'all got the right to be in here. It's fine. Just don't get violent. Don't do anything crazy." And they agreed, and they went on their merry way. Now, of course, it did get a little crazy, but this was the posture of the police that day. Conducting themselves in a way that wouldn't lead you to believe that they will forever be traumatized by this event. Here's one of those videos right here from January 6th. And as you see that officer that ran up, they begin to wave towards the crowd of protesters like, come here, come in, come in. As to say, come on to the Capitol. Follow me. Leading the way. The, the officer seems to be leading the way. Now, there's missing contacts on every video that has no explanation like that. And there could be a simple explanation for that particular video because I want to be fair here. He could have been waving at somebody else to come up towards the Capitol. Maybe there was a cop within the crowd he was telling to, come on, we need some backup. But I don't see the evidence of that in that video. I just see him looking directly at a crowd of protesters after a barricade has been moved, saying, come on up here to the Capitol building. And that's not the only video of that. We saw multiple videos that seemed to show that. Then there was another one that I feel like got no play whatsoever. But there was a lawmaker out of Oregon who for some reason was deciding to leave the building and he used an exit door that had protesters who wanted to get inside standing there. And this Oregon lawmaker seems to nonchalantly walk through the door leaving the door open for these protesters to just waltz all in waltz in undetected and and uh, un uh, not confronted in any way here's the security footage here comes the lawmaker he opens the door he sees the protesters he's like excuse me and then they commence to running inside and trying to uh wave their buddies in now, why would that lawmaker do that? Especially when you consider how scared these lawmakers claim they were. AOC still in therapy. But right there, they just let them walk on in. Just like we saw with some with the Capitol Police. Why? That's what I want to know. You go back to different news reports, and they try to bury this stuff now and try to act like there was none of that business going on, but there's no denying it. I've seen some reports where they reported on it and probably wouldn't do it today, but they used it as a, a whole tool of racism to say, well, look how they acted with the white Trump supporters. They would have never done that at a BLM rally. <laughs> Which, by the way... They allowed BLM to burn down entire cities. So I, I would say y'all are pretty even on that one. Nonetheless, the reporting is out there that the cops were almost 
planning to allow these people in. And I'm not putting it on the police. But I think there was somebody up the food chain that gave the directive for police to conduct themselves in the manner which they did. Here is one of those news reports from January 6th, or the days after January 6th. The federal prosecutor for the District of Columbia says all options are on the table for charges against the mob, including sedition. Police say more than 90 people have been arrested, but what has not been answered is why the mob got inside so easily. The chief of the Capitol Police Force said tonight he's resigning. Many people, including Joe Biden, have said if this had been a Black Lives Matter protest instead of mostly white Trump supporters, the police response would have been dramatically different. Mike Armstrong reports. Washington's mayor is calling what happened Wednesday in her city a catastrophic security failure. Muriel Bowser is asking Congress to hold a commission into what went wrong. Both to hold people accountable and to ensure that it never happens again. The criticism of police action ranges from questioning their effectiveness to questioning their effort. One Tennessee congressman says at times officers appeared complicit and that he's never seen a crowd less afraid of police. Even during the siege, there was criticism from people in the crowd. There's not enough cops here to handle us, and that's troubling. Yeah, okay, so you remember that. You, you hear the reporting, they're like, police and protesters seem to be getting along just fine. They were just kind of hanging out. And then you remember the videos that were showing people going up to police officers who were just standing there, people that were a part of the rally, they happened to walk up to the Capitol, too. They had no intentions of going in or doing anything illegal. They were going up to police and saying, what are you doing? This is our Capitol building. This is our country. Why are you allowing these people to do that? And it was much different than just a situation where they were overwhelmed. Speaking of comparing Black Lives Matter slash Antifa to this, police would have full-blown retreated because of the orders of their superiors. Look at, uh, in places like Portland, where entire police stations were burned to the ground because they were told, just, hey, just get out of there, let them do what they're going to do. Entire city blocks were taken over as if we were in the, the, the uh, frontier days and Christopher Columbus is coming over here and claiming the land because police just... We're told to back off. But no, this was this was much worse the way they treated them. No, no. There were some clashes between protesters and police, there's no doubt. There was some yelling back and forth. But there was also a large amount of what seemed to be not working together, maybe a little bit of working together, but police allowing a lot of this to happen and just standing there, not retreating, but just standing there, allowing it to happen and even chit-chatting with some of these people, as you see in this reporting. Now, it's clear police were outnumbered and slow to call in reinforcements. The former head of Capitol Police says officers needed help and it came too late. The cavalry should have been coming to get those people the hell off uh, the steps and the platforms, but that would have been very, very ugly and difficult to do if you didn't have superior force. Now, there was also an intelligence failure. Police underestimated the scope of the threat posed by the rally. The chief saying Thursday they knew people were coming, but didn't expect what came next. 
There was no uh, intelligence that suggested that there would be a breach of the U.S. Capitol. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Now, that police would be surprised has shocked many. This was a rally with tensions running high, just a short walk from where the president's fate was being decided. Proud boys. There's also been anger brewing on social media, including calls to storm the Capitol. This rally has been planned for weeks. They knew this was going to happen, and there should have been thousands of National Guards. Now, there, now there's an important part of this where uh, a lot of what they're saying is um, turned out to be not true. Like, we know that. Now, this is an old report from Global National News or, or whatever it's called. I don't know. Uh, but the intelligence of what was to come was there. And you got to wonder if this was an organic thing that they were just... Trump said something and they acted on it. How do they know that's going to happen? But they did. They didn't know. Couldn't be possibly because we got reports that FBI informants were the ones leading the way. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the police here. We want to know why these officers have allegedly committed suicide. As you see, all of those things that happen, the conduct of police, the fact that they called in uh, reinforcements or they... they let them know, hey, y'all haven't given us enough people to handle this. We need more. Look at the barricades they had set up. These are these are barricades that they put at Walmart to keep people in line as they came in and out of the store. There was no sort of real security between the Capitol and where these people were. Why is that? It seems intentional. You go back and you look at... The Capitol Police Chief, who resigned immediately after, at the request of Nancy Pelosi. After all this happened, he spoke out, describing what happened from his perspective, and why things went the way they did. And once he did that, he had to resign. Why is that? Well, you'll understand once you hear exactly what he said. He said he, this is police chief, Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun, said that he requested the National Guard be placed on standby in the days before the deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol, but House and Senate security officials told him, no, bro. They said, no, we're not going to give you the National Guard. We're not going to give you more security. You don't need that. Even though, even though we've been telling you guys for four years that Donald Trump is the greatest threat this country has ever seen, and people are going to die because of Donald Trump, and that Trump supporters are the scariest people on the planet, white supremacy is the biggest threat to this country, we don't need extra security. We know that goes against everything we've said over the past four years, but we don't need extra security. He goes on to say, and this may be the most shocking part, that he pleaded... Not asked, not uh, sent a formal request. He pleaded for help five more times as the riot unfolded. A crowd of several thousand quickly overran Capitol Police contingent that had 1,400 officers on the scene. He said, quote, If we would have had the National Guard, we could have held them at bay longer until more officers from our partner agencies could arrive. The former police chief said the crowd breached the Capitol just before 2 p.m. A half hour later, 
He was on the phone with the Pentagon. The Pentagon. Sund and others said Lieutenant General Walter Platt, Walter Pat, director of the Army staff, balked at recommending that his boss, Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy, would approve that request. He balked at the idea that they were actually going to send National Guard troops to the Capitol to help back these 1,400 officers up. Seems a little planned out, does it not? Does it not? They're pleading, not just during the riot, as they did five times, but in the days leading up, as they received intelligence that something may go down, and the FBI knew very well how this was going to go, he asked, can we have the National Guard? And it said the Senate and the House turned him down on those requests. But do you know where the buck stops when it comes to requesting that extra security? The Speaker of the House. It lands right on the desk of Nancy Pelosi. Now you're starting to understand why Jim Banks and Jim Jordan weren't allowed to be on the January 6th commission. And only two Republican rhinos that are basically Democrats were the only Republicans allowed. You see, you see, you see why. It's because Nancy couldn't afford to have those questions asked because she's at fault. She allowed this to happen. So the more information that we get about this, the more planned out it seems to be. Just going off reports. I'm not saying it was planned out. I'm not saying it wasn't. But I'm saying it sure as heck looks like it might have been. It looks like it. It looks like they purposely denied them extra security. On purpose, they denied them National Guard troops. On purpose, they possibly told them, take it easy on these guys, let them do what they're going to do. Just chat them up. Just tell them, just tell them, be cool. That'll work. That'll work on them. If you tell them to be cool, they'll be cool. Remember the, 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 the images we got of them, uh, of this protesters walking around in the chambers, the house chamber on the house floor? The cop was in there with them, just kind of standing around. Being like, so y'all just, y'all just be careful, don't break anything. Not arresting people, not demanding people get out, not pepper spraying people. He's in there chilling with them, talking about how's the kids? How's your grandma doing? That doesn't happen in normal situations. And when it comes to being in the heart of politics where this is happening, you can't help but think it's a setup. I go back to the conspiracy theory part of this. I try not to be a conspiracy theorist. But I think this all started with me when Donald Trump is elected and we start learning about Spygate. Spygate was the instance that, that really woke me up and had me start asking questions of what this government is really capable of. In particular, what Democrats are really capable of. Because Spygate was a very complex plan. I've got a giant poster that breaks down Spygate from start to finish, 
all the players involved, all the details. I'll break it out for y'all one day and show you. Once that moment came and came and went, I said, "These guys are, are these guys are willing to do anything to get what they want." So, do you think it would be beyond Democrats to at least, at the very least, play a role in making sure January sixth went down exactly the way it did? Because what was the result? The result was angry Republicans like. Lindsey Graham, who had questions before the riot about the Electoral College, him coming back in an emotional haze and saying, you know what, I'm not going to stand for this, certify the election. So not only does the election get certified, people stop asking questions because you just had a dramatic event happen at the Capitol, but now they've got a new scapegoat. Donald Trump and his supporters trying to overthrow our democracy like the wars of old. We haven't been attacked like this since the British. January 6th was perfect for Democrats. But then that leaves us with the question of why are police officers that were involved that day committing suicide? Well, I think I might have just explained the answer to you. To be a police officer on that day, you had to be in the know as to what's going on. You had to know what the plan was, or at the very least, have a lot of questions as to why they've got you doing what you're doing. And I would dare to say that most of these police officers are good people that are out there doing the job because they love their community or they love being a cop. And knowing that you can't say something, knowing that you cannot do the right thing because your livelihood or your literal life depends on it is a lot of pressure to hold. So is it possible that the pressure of that got to these brave officers? Or is it possible that they decided that they are going to speak out, they are going to do the right thing, and they are going to tell the truth? And that they got suicided. I know it's crazy, okay? Now listen to me. Listen to me. God, this would have <laughs> got me bailed on YouTube so fast. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm presenting you the facts, I'm giving you context, and I'm telling you it makes zero sense that now four officers from that day, from that incident, have killed themselves. We both know that makes no sense at all. So what are the answers? I know you believe that the Clinton suicide people why Why could that not be possible in this situation? Maybe it's not the Clintons. Maybe the Clintons are showing people the, the tricks of the trade. Showing them how to get her done. Could it be? I think those questions need to be asked. 
I think we need to have a real investigation on what happened in January 6th from all aspects. Investigate Trump. That's fine. See if his intentions were to have these people attack the Capitol. We know it's not true. We know what he said without a new station, just taking a clip of it and saying, this is where he told them to go attack the Capitol. You can investigate it. I don't care. But I want you to investigate the police, the police chiefs, the people at the top, the people at the Pentagon, Nancy Pelosi, Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C. want them all investigated. And we want the truth on what happened that day. Because just like election fraud, if they don't get a handle on that and expose that truth, it'll happen again. And if they don't expose this truth, when they're hiding it, and they have no shame in letting you know they're hiding it, thousands of hours of security footage from that day, they will not release. They don't care. They're so brazen and pompous about this stuff. I'm like, you can't question us. If we don't want to give you a piece of evidence, we don't have to give it to you. They'll do it again. And they'll do it again in a heartbeat. The truth has to be found out. And soon. Real quick before I get out of here, let me remind you about patreon.com slash Andrew McLean, who... This is a way you can get exclusive content. You can uh, donate one of four ways for as low as $5 a month all the way up to $50 a month. This is a donation, but in exchange, we give you exclusive behind-the-scenes content. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I got a little worried last night because when I uploaded the video to Rumble, that it said they had to remove the video. They eventually put it back up there, but... (laughs) started getting a little nervous and I thought we may get to a point where the only place we can put these podcasts is here on Patreon so go ahead and get yourself signed up know that the money you guys send to the show goes back into the show to make sure we can get you the best content that we can possibly muster because that's all we want to do we just want to get you some good content we want to get you the truth also Vapor Forge out on 280 y'all know the drill Y'all see this right here? Y'all see these floors right here? They look good, don't they? They got brand new floors in there. I went in there today. It's looking good. It's a little disheveled just because it's a work in progress, but here in the next couple days, they'll have it looking fancy. I'm excited. Excited. You smoke cigarettes? You don't have to. Go to Vapor Forge. Tell them you're, you're done. You want to stop smoking. My dad, who I should probably call one day and let, you tell, let him tell you the story, smoking for decades and decades probably since he was 15 years old, and he's like 60 now. He just switched two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. I convinced him to go out to Vapor Forge, get himself a vape, and guess what? He has not smoked a cigarette since. He feels better. The coughing has stopped. He smells better. He can vape. He's a trucker, so he can actually vape in his truck. You know, you can't smoke cigarettes in your truck, but you can vape. Nobody can smell it. It's just the better decision. Check them out. 4673 Highway 280 East in Birmingham, right by Bailey Brothers. 205-874-9010 is their number. You see their business hours right there, Monday through Friday, open from 9 to 9, Saturday 10 to 8, and Sunday 11 
to 7. And I'm going to be honest, I think those Sunday hours might be a little different. Nonetheless, they're open. Just go see them. If they're not there, just uh, go go tap on the glass and be like, hey, I know you're in there. Y'all let me in. Let me in. Also, don't forget to check out all of our social media platforms, the one that we're still available on, whether that's Facebook or uh, Instagram, and especially Twitch. You see OTL Show, at OTL Show on Twitch. I want y'all to make sure that you go and you subscribe to OTL Show on Twitch because we are really going to start building that bad boy up, and we need your help in doing that. It's going to be big, and it's going to be, I think, the catalyst for us to to propel us into doing live shows each and every night. So check it out. That's it for us, and until next time, see you, cools!